0: Hello listeners, you may well be wondering what's happened to Backing Paper this week. Well, that's kind of a good news, bad news situation. The good news is that Rachel and I did get together and record a Backing Paper episode. Uh, We had some great emails from listeners and also some of the best facts ever about coffee donors. The bad news is that I then managed to absolutely delete it from my hard drive, irrevocably losing it forever. Uh sorry, everyone. Especially, sorry, Rachel, for all of that wasted time. Um, so we will be back next week, of course, with Backing Paper, and we will readdress all of those emails and maybe come up with some better facts, because the facts weren't great, actually, so we can work on that. Anyway, we didn't want to leave you hanging this week, and just luckily for us, There's some fantastic new content that we can put in front of you that is not from us. Um, This is a new podcast, a new analog photography based podcast put together by our very good friend and one of the Sunbeam team, which is Eric uh, conspiracy of cartographers uh, and he's doing this along with Vanya Francesca who many of you may know from Instagram who is at surf martian Um, they have got a new podcast called all through a lens their first episode is out now and it's what we're going to play for you today you're going to love it um I'm sure you will subscribe to their feed you can currently find them i think they're already on spotify and google play and many other places uh, but itunes is being a bit slow so if the podcast feed that you use um reads from itunes you may find they're not on there yet but hopefully in the next couple of days they will be Um, so I will leave you with Eric and Vanya now. Quick word of warning, there are some swears in this episode. So If you've got small people with you, you may want to, I don't know, wait till later to listen to it, but um, enjoy the show. It's a good one, and we will see you later in the week with the Sunny 16 podcast, as usual. Rolling, kick one. Is it going to be all?
1: Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of All Through a Lens. I'm Vanya. Hi, Vanya. I'm Eric, and this is the podcast
2: about film photography where we discuss a little more than just film photography.
1: Today, we'll introduce ourselves a bit, go over what you can expect from the podcast in the future, talk about some zines, and get some advice from a dead guy.
2: We'll also talk to photographer Hannah Grace about her ongoing travels
1: and how some recent life changes might inspire her future work. But first, Eric, how are you doing? I'm
2: doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good today. how How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. What have you been up to the past couple of weeks? Well, the past couple of weeks, uh, not a whole lot of anything. I have been getting my stuff together from the trips that I've taken, kind of developing and scanning and going through all of that, taking notes. Kind of just mired in the bullshit that is all of the not fun stuff about photography. Not that developing isn't fun. That is fun, but scanning it's not fun. Taking notes, not a lot of fun. And just kind of organizing all that stuff. Not a lot of fun, really.
1: And that's why I very roughly scan, don't take notes, and develop in my sink as I go.
2: Yeah. So, Vanya. Yes. What have you been shooting in the past? Oh, lately, anyway. What have you been shooting?
1: Uh, actually, I've been back in the water. I kind of was out doing summer trips, a little further, obviously, away from the ocean. So now that I'm back home and my daughter's back in school, I've been getting down to the beach and, you know, either swimming or paddling out with my surfboard. And I took out my uh, Nikon Action Touch. I like that. It's like a little compact. I can kind of stick it in my wetsuit. The other day, I shot with my Nikonos 3 with some CineStill 800 in it. Clarity was not good, but I just developed the pictures and I'm pretty happy with what I got. I like it. Nice. Really fun.
2: How were the waves?
1: Waves have been kind of hit or miss. We're still getting a bunch of south swells, but wintertime swells are coming. I'm really happy about where I live in the South Bay kind of need more of like a combo swell for it to get really good here, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Okay, It'll be
2: fun. So fingers crossed for combo swells. Yes, nice.. Combo yeah. swells. Combo swells.
1: <laughs> Sweet. Yes. So Eric. yeah. You want to check the answering
2: machine? I would love to check the answering machine. Now, you may be asking, what the hell is the answering machine? Yeah, so each episode, we're asking listeners to call in and leave us a message about different questions. It could be funny. It could be serious. It could be this. And this week, it's what draws you back to shooting the same locations over and over. And it looks like we've got a mess of calls to get through. So let's hit it.
3: Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone.
0: Hey guys, congratulations on your new uh, podcast. Uh, I just wanted to put my answer in for what draws me back to a scene time and time again and there's probably a couple of reasons the first one is like most people i want to see what it looks like in different conditions and different seasons and the second one would be uh, some of the locations around here won't be around forever and i want to you know document them before they change and turn into something else and the third reason is i get you know 45 minutes to an hour lunch break and i got to go somewhere so it's usually somewhere near my work all right cheers
1: that kind of sounds like Matt Evans.
2: Yeah, at, uh, Matt Evans' photo on Instagram. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, what did you think about what he said, though? About the, the, well, one, the convenience.
1: I definitely think it's pretty badass that he goes out on his lunch break and brings a camera with him. Yeah, I don't really do that at all. I don't do that I at all. I bring a camera everywhere I go. I do
2: not. I do not. But I, I do like what he was saying about entropy how these places may not be here next year or whenever. So it's good to kind of go back and, and, and make sure you capture them, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I definitely have some sentimental places and, you know, it's, it's nice to kind of um, appreciate. I think a lot of people take for granted, you know, like just the small little places that, or trees, you know, tree-lined street and when they cut all the trees down, you know. It's, yeah. it's It's nice.
3: There's a a bridge pretty near the middle of my city called the Prince Edward Viaduct, and it's somehow become the place I return to shoot again and again. It's got a road deck as well as a rail deck, and it's pretty large, but it certainly wouldn't impress anyone used to seeing New York or San Francisco's bridges, for example. But I've shot it on medium format, uh, Polaroid miniature film, and I've shot it from the side looking down into the dawn Valley from the bike trail below looking up at the subway trains passing overhead with a long lens and many other combinations and it's tough to explain why it's the place I seem to photograph whenever I'm in a slump it may just be that every time I go back there I find a new way to shoot it it may just be the complexity of where and what it is I I can't really explain
1: I think he explained it pretty well. Yes,
2: this uh, Canadian friend of ours really did hit the nail on the head. And his photography, you can find it at uh, Foutigue, I believe it's pronounced, on Instagram. Uh, It'll be in the show notes. It's some good stuff. He does a lot of planes, a lot of trains, and yeah, this bridge is there. And he photographs it a lot, so much to the point where I didn't know it was the same bridge. There's a bunch of these pictures of this bridge.
1: Oh, that's really yeah. cool.
2: I like that a lot. Um, do you think he meant like the the little Polaroid minis? Think they meant those little ones from the '90s that with the stickers on the back?
1: Dude, I really hope so because. I thought, I,
2: yeah, <laughs> I miss I'm just those. gonna assume that. Yeah, he he definitely meant that. Absolutely meant that.
3: There's several industrial parks and in vista points near
2: where I live, and there's something sort of like tall grass where there's still a new Pokemon to be found. But I think the reason is because when you are, is a part of where you are, and that things keep changing in every new light, even you yourself. And supposedly, I don't know how apocryphal this is, but supposedly Ansel Adams would spend days
3: choosing exactly when the perfect time to take the photo was, because a mountain isn't a mountain the same way it is every single day at every single moment. Changes with new hard shadows,
2: soft light, etc., etc. And ultimately, in order to try to fully grok a place to understand it, amorphously from every direction
3: gotta come there at different times
1: i like what robert had to say especially the pokemon part i i also agree about you know time weather light um that happens in yeah. you know, photography a lot with you know tides and things so yeah
2: yeah there's there's some places that i'll go through maybe only once and say it'll be in the morning and so i, I can photograph half the town Mm -hmm. Exactly half the town. I can't photograph the other half because that's all in shadow. So if I were able to go back, I could do, oh, I could go here in the morning and go come back again in the the evening. Uh, But one thing he said about Ansel Adams struck me is that Ansel Adams, like, oh, you got to spend a, what do you say, a few days? Yeah. A few days, yeah. Okay. Um, There was a photographer whose name fortunately eludes me right now from the 1800s who recommended not a few days, not a few weeks. But living in a place for a full fucking year <laughs> before you photograph it. So you can fully learn and appreciate the best times. And I guess you—I guess that makes some sense because it would look differently at different times of the year. But my God, just photograph it for the full year. Yeah, that's insane. I don't know. Maybe do what this Ansel Adams fellow says. He, I don't know, he, he seems to know what he's talking yeah, about he sometimes. Yeah, he sounds like he does. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I shoot the same locations over and over in an attempt to make it look different each time. It's a conveniently located way to challenge myself.
1: Yeah, Denise has a point. Convenience is important, especially you know, when you're shooting film. It's not the most uh, cheapest route. So it's not like everybody can just like get out and go to like these amazing destinations all the time. No,
2: and and film is a pain in the ass. It just is. I mean, we I mean, some of us may find it like, oh, it's pretty easy, but no, it's <laughs> compared to digital, it really is a pain in the ass. So making anything that you do a little easier for the sake of film, great. But not only that, I mean, she's really she's going in with intention. She isn't just like, well, this place is close by, so I guess I'll just shoot it a bunch. She wants to f- she wants to explore these close places, and I've seen her photography, uh, her stuff in Kansas is probably my favorite Kansas photos.
1: And you really love Kansas. A lot.
2: I love Kansas. Kansas is up there with sourdough bread in my book. <laughs> amazing. It's a, it's an amazing place. And she has captured it, especially places that you wouldn't normally go to in Kansas. Mm-hmm. She has captured that better than I've ever seen anybody do it. So that she keeps going back to places. I, I'm very happy for that. She does an amazing, she does amazing work.
3: Why am I consistently drawn back to the same place? I don't know. Probably because I'm trying to find that picture or that moment that I think might be there if I keep on coming back.
2: So that that was uh, that was Stanley. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I get what he's saying. You know you want to have this feeling when you go to a place, and if it's not there... You you want to I don't. know, It's not even like recapturing it. You want you want to feel a certain way at a certain place, and if you don't feel it, you got to keep going back till you do, and that's that's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, but no, but it's not like oh God, Stanley. That's so sad. But you know, I've felt that way.
1: You know, it's interesting because uh, I kind of take it in a different way. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm maybe
3: maybe <laughs> I'm just depressed. <laughs> Who
1: knew? <laughs> I took it like sometimes I already have the picture I want in my head. You know, there are projects that I'm working on that I've been working on because I keep on taking the picture. And when I develop it, it's just not, it's just not what I pictured, you know, it's just not there. So I keep going back and continuing to shoot the same place and try to get that one particular, you know, shot. Okay. That's,
2: that's, that's definitely more reasonable than, uh, than my, well, let's just, Let's just go on to the next one.
3: Okay. I like to return to photograph a location repeatedly because I like to see how I've changed and not just how the location has changed in my um, perception or how I choose to visualize the scene.
1: I would like to change and grow as a photographer. Uh, Sometimes I notice that I make the same mistakes a lot. So I... Definitely not all the way there, but check back in. The
2: idea of growing around the place or in spite of the place and still, and and going and going to the place and seeing, I've never really paid attention to that. And some places I've been shooting for a decade, almost, almost a decade on film. You know, I really haven't thought much about, okay, what was I doing the first time I was here, the last time I was here? I mean, the thoughts will pass through, but I just kind of let them go and I don't really let them affect my photography. So maybe I should really be more open to that. I know his work does, his work really yeah. speaks for itself. He has a new zine coming out. Uh, definitely check his uh, IG out, it's William Hopkins. And uh, pick up the zine, it's it's definitely worth it.
3: Hey, this is Jack Johnson from Wasola, Alaska. I am actually talking from my spot where I stop and take a, the same picture over and over again. Um, I am a commuter, so I spend at least 10 hours
2: a week in the car. And there's a spot about halfway on my drive, maybe a little more, where um, there's a bridge that crosses a river. And every day the light's different,
3: and the weather's different, and the river's different. And so I like to stop and take a little break and see if I can't get something new.
2: Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that I just don't do, is... Focus on photography on my commute. Uh, My commute is hell, uh, and it's uh, just get to work as fast as you can, get home as fast as you can. It's I five, and it kind of sucks.
1: Yeah, but he's in Alaska, so (laughs) that's kind of Alaska.
2: I bet it's a little different.
1: And. Um, I I really like that he um, shoots a bridge. I definitely am drawn to places where there's water, so I can completely relate to that. Yeah,
2: do you you don't take any? I don't know if I've ever seen you take pictures of bridges. Have I ever seen that?
1: Well, if you can call the pier a bridge, I, sometimes I, I kind of think not. it is. Okay, I mean,
2: <laughs> I guess it's a it's a pier, but yeah. I mean, sure, it's bridge like.
1: <laughs> it is bridge like. I mean, if I chop it down, it looks like you know. It's, you you it's could a yeah,
2: you could shoot it and say it's a bridge, and people would be wondering, "Why doesn't that appear?" It's definitely a different experience. It's something that I think requires a little more thought than just a uh, a building or an open field. I think there's there's something about a bridge that is. Oh god, even like symbolic and shit like that. Yeah. Just really uh, yeah, shoot more bridges. Come on, people. <laughs> and then they get they get people, you know, you can say, Oh well, everybody shoots bridges. Well, there's a goddamn reason everybody shoots bridges.
1: Because bridges are badass. I say to you.
3: my shit. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator.
2: So Vanya. Yes. Let's answer the question that we made these poor people answer. <laughs> uh, what, what draws you back to the same places?
1: I'm really sentimental about certain places. One that comes up is Sequoia, Kings Canyon. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been camping there since I was really, really young. My mom used to take us there every year. I love going, and I drive the same road, and I just absolutely... Love driving through Kings Canyon. It's so massive and gorgeous. And honestly, it's, there's like less people than Yosemite's. And I think that's like another reason <laughs> why I like going there instead because it's just, you know, Yosemite is intense. It's beautiful, but fuck, Kings Canyon completely rules. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's just one of those places that I really, really like to go to. And I'll go twice a year if I have to. I'm actually going again soon. So, I mean, how about you, Eric?
2: I don't give a lot of thought to this, which is kind of weird. I'm glad that we picked this as the first question because it really made me think and kind of reminded me that, you know, I don't I don't give a lot of thought to returning the places. I give a lot of thought to where I go. I'll spend nine, ten months planning a trip, but I, I often try to avoid places I've already shot. But this past year, I revisited a church in a little ghost town in a Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska. And there's a Catholic church there, a very small prairie church. I didn't fuck up the pictures that I took before, but they weren't just they just weren't what I wanted. And I think that's probably why I would return anywhere is I shot it before, I can do better. And Maybe that's not a good quality to have.
1: No, I, I mean, I have that too. The last Sequoia trip I did, which was a few weeks ago, um, I just drove through for the day. So I was only there for a few hours. And I shot a bunch with my Mamiya. And I developed them. It was all black and white. And I was just not really happy with anything that I got. Um, which is great, because then I get to go back and shoot it again.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that That kind of brings us to... Uh, Hannah. Hannah is a a large format photographer from Ohio, but a lot of her photos are of Colorado, the Rockies. You may remember her from the second issue of All Through a Lenzine. She wrote a piece about Colorado and traveling as a woman. Uh, so I think we should give her a call and get her opinion on this and a bunch
3: of other stuff.
1: Yeah, let's call Hannah. <laughs>
2: hello hello Hannah hi hey this is Eric and Vanya
4: hello
2: oh we've been talking and we got some questions for you is that uh you got a minute we can we can talk a bit
4: Absolutely. Well, we were talking
2: a little bit about revisiting places, and we noticed that you live in Ohio, yet you have a lot of photos of several different trips to Colorado, and that Colorado seems to play kind of a large role in your work. Uh, Since it's kind of a pain in the ass to get there, uh, what is it about the Rocky Mountains that that keeps drawing you back?
4: Well, to be completely honest, one of the main reasons I go back there so often is because most of my family lives out there. So I sort of have this incentive to go and visit them, but also to run away and make work. But the Rocky Mountains in general are just one of those places where I've felt more alive than I can really explain in, in any kind of eloquent language but <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so beautiful and you feel like you can really breathe when you're out there you know, even vi- revisiting the same park or the same forest or anything I'm always able to find a new perspective every time I go back there and that's one of the
1: yeah I love it that's great I, I love the tundra um with the marmots I always get excited like I want to see at least one when I'm there they're
4: so cute
1: (laughs) (laughs) they are so cute
4: (laughs) the first the first ever time I visited Rocky Mountain National Park by myself was three years ago and I'd been hiking this trail and it goes into this area called Big Meadow and when I got there I saw a ton of other hikers Who had walked across the meadow. All staring in the same direction. And so I wandered over. To see what they were looking at. And there was a giant. There were a bunch of moose.
1: (laughs) Would that be meese?
4: Yes. I think that's the scientific (laughs) term. That they prefer. So I saw all these meese. (laughs) Mooses. Moose. And uh, they're just larger than life. And I was lucky enough. Last summer when I was in Rocky by myself again uh, I was hiking up a trail in in the same area and I happened upon two bull moose one was laying down and one was standing and they were really really close to the trail so I in my quietest walking steps I could imagine and and, and try to work with I uh, got as close as I felt safe and shot a couple different. Sheets of 4x5 of the moose.
1: Oh, that's really neat. Wow. So question, do you go into a place with an intention to shoot per, like a particular format or camera? Like, are, do you carry your 4x5 everywhere you go or?
4: Uh, everywhere I travel. I mean, I don't carry it when I go to work, but I,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It might be fun.
4: <laughs> I, well, I did bring it to the hospital when I had my daughter. Oh, that is badass. No, I when I go into a place, I have an idea of, yeah, I'd like to shoot this many sheets or this much film, depending on if I'm shooting 35 or 4x5, and I sort of set myself at a limit of how many images I'm going to capture, and from there, I I guess I just let the experience unfold, and a lot of times I'll go through my film quicker than I'd like to, but I still end up getting a lot of really great stuff. So,
2: so you 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 do carry it when you're backpacking. Yeah, the four by five. Yeah. Um, what what is the camera? You shoot a Graflex, right?
4: Yes, a Graflex Crown Graphic.
2: Oh, I love. I, I sold mine, and I regret. I regret it every day. uh, uh So yeah, <laughs> I mean, those are heavy. Those are like what, seven or eight pounds?
4: Probably. Yeah.
2: So so what's uh how is it how is it worth the extra weight and hassle i mean people complain about carrying like large digital slrs with them when they hike so like a four by five with it with the holders and all of that is is a lot heavier so what's what's the justification
4: uh the the images uh there are just there's something else about four by five that i just absolutely can't get enough of it's one of those things where you have to Learn the process and you have to go through learning how to shoot the film, load the film, process it, you know, printing, whether it be scanning or darkroom printing or scanning than digital printing. But there's just a quality about the imagery made with a four by five that makes it completely worth it. Thank um. you.
1: So in issue two of All Through a Lens, you talk about traveling solo and like a conversation with, you know, a guy like asking you and kind of like walking around following you. Um, Do you have any advice for women who want to travel solo? Um, Any precautions that you take particularly?
4: So whenever I travel, I always have at least some pepper spray or mace with me on my body at all times. So I always have that. Uh, when I took a solo trip to California a year and a half ago, I had a multi-tool that had a knife on it as well. You, you just never know if something's going to happen. So I like to be prepared. The other bit of advice I'd offer anyone traveling solo is just to be alert. And I know this sounds sort of dumb, but don't just you know, have your head in your phone all the time. If you're traveling, yeah, the point of traveling is to look around and see new places. But also it's as it's a safety hazard if you're just, you know, looking at your phone while you're alone, traveling somewhere where you aren't familiar with the area or the people or anything like that. Just, just being prepared and being aware. Those are the two biggest things. And hydration, yeah, lots
1: of water. Eric, yeah. so much Probably water could take yeah. advice. Also, I've had some.
2: Yeah, I've had some issues. Had some issues. I've had <laughs> a lot. I've had a lot of hydration. Well, that's
1: issues. not good. Uh, no, it's not.
2: <laughs> it's dumb. Uh, <laughs> so uh, when you're when you find yourself in a location, what what makes you take the shot?
4: So a lot of a lot of the stuff I shoot is outside, and so light plays a huge role in in me deciding whether or not to take the shot. So if I'm looking at something, so maybe I come into a valley or reach an overlook or something like that, and I say, wow, this looks really great. But then I stop and I think about it, and I take a little test shot with my mm. digital camera, because I use my digital camera as like a sketchbook. Uh. I, it helps me not waste money. So if I take a test shot or five or 10 and it's just not looking the right way, the light isn't falling the right way or the shadows are too harsh or it just looks really flat, then I, I'll i pass on it. Even if it's something I really, really want to shoot, I'll come back to it. And I know they always say, take the shot now. It won't be the same when you come back. But sometimes it's better to come back and revisit something because you gain more experience with the location and you're more in tune with it
1: Hmm. yeah have you given much thought about how you're gonna um balance your newest role as a mother congratulations by the way uh you're gonna be pretty busy with that so how are you gonna find time for photography are you gonna take some time off or
4: well i i've been thinking about that a lot the last six months so my daughter's a few months old now, and I was thinking about this before she arrived, I did bring my 4x5 in into the hospital with me when I was in labor. And um, I, I did bring a 35 millimeter as well, because I, there's only a first time for everything with her, and I don't get to re-experience that. Um, in terms of my landscape work and, and all that, fun stuff. I do have to dial back a little bit because I have that added factor um, that is traveling with a baby, mm-hmm. um, which is not impossible, but there's a lot more planning that has to go into that and a lot more time that has to be devoted to simply getting out of the house. We'll take a little, little day trips. We went and saw some sunflowers last weekend and and a couple of weeks before that, there was a little street fair in the town I grew up in. So we drove out there. And my husband is is actually a huge help when it comes to this. He understands my equipment in a way that most random people probably wouldn't.
1: I'm really interested to see uh, if something changes in your photography since having a child. I, I feel like the things I photograph now are a lot different than like 10 years ago. And then like when big things happen, I don't know, I just, you know, we grow and things change in our life and I'm excited. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So what is uh, project wise coming up for you or what are you working on now?
4: So I'm working on a few different things. Uh, first and foremost, in my mind, I'm trying to pull together work for applying to grad school because I am Insane and trying to (laughs) apply to grad school with a (laughs) newborn. um, And if I get accepted moving across the country next summer. Wow. So, yeah. So working on that. um, Also, I'm trying to revisit some work I had started a couple years back. um, Ongoing project where I've been photographing survivors from, Um, World War II in Europe, so most of them are Holocaust survivors who live in the central Ohio area, and I've been in contact with the organization here that helped me reach the survivors, of course, just recently... There was the 80th anniversary of the invasion of Poland Mm -hmm. in um, basically the start of World War II. And so that really gave me a kick in the pants to be uh, getting back in contact with organizations here in Columbus and trying to continue that work in a way that is both respectful and uh, efficient, because whether or not we can believe this, uh, people do die. And, and we may feel invincible, but, uh, time is precious and there are a lot of stories that I'm wanting to keep telling and hopefully I'm able to do that.
1: So you're recording their stories as well. And then photographing,
4: uh, recording, if they're okay with that, some of them don't want to talk, um, which I totally understand yeah um, but I do try to photograph them in both digital and color and black and white four by five um and the work has been shown a couple different times now, and it's gotten a lot of people in the community, the Jewish community here they've become interested in what I've been able to capture, and so it's not that they're necessarily. Coming to me to have their portrait taken, but I've been doing a lot of restoration of old photographs for them of perhaps loved ones that have passed on or photographs of them when they were younger. So they have something to, you know, maybe they maybe they had this photograph and it was a small little three by four print and they don't have the negative because it was taken out of studio you know, forever ago back in Russia or Germany or the Czech Republic. And I've been able to um, sort of bring those back to life for them. And it means a lot. And it means a lot to me that I'm able to help create something for them. So continuing with that, applying to grad school. And also since I, I know that we will be leaving this area, whether or not, it's moving across the state or moving across the country. It's given me this opportunity to have a long farewell. So mm-hmm. going back to a lot of nostalgic places for me from my childhood, from my husband's childhood, places that are very Ohio, and and photographing them and spending time with those places and being able to say and be okay with, yeah this may be the last time i'm here but it's okay because i'm 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 okay with letting go of this that's great so th- those are the big
1: things well, i'm like blown away right yeah. now sorry <laughs> i'm just like well maybe i'll
2: develop something i don't know
1: <laughs> wow
2: uh, i'm i'm in awe of your um, not not just your ambition just you're actually doing these things it's uh, yeah thank you wow. <laughs>
1: So, speaking of doing things, in December, you took a solo trip to the Rockies, and you were in your second trimester um, when you were doing that. Uh, I was going to ask you, what motivates you to keep shooting throughout the year?
4: Well, um, that particular trip was just sheer stupidity, if I'm being honest. Because what I did not mention in that... uh post about that photograph and that trip, the wind was at a sustained speed of 30 miles an hour with 50 mile an hour gusts. It was probably 20 degrees, not counting the wind chill, And there was snow that was coming into the area. And I did this, of course, by myself, because I am stubborn. And... <laughs> I prefer traveling by myself and going places by myself. So a lot of the stuff I continue doing throughout the years just because I love doing it. So whether or not it's 95 degrees like it was a couple days ago here, or 10 degrees like it was most of the winter here, I just love being outside. And as long as I can be outside and it's not absolutely pouring, I'm, I'm gonna try and be outside. Hiking, biking, just walking, photographing. I <laughs> wow. So, I always joke <laughs> that I'm solar powered. <laughs>
1: I like that.
2: <laughs> so I mean, you're you're just you're just doing it anyway. Yeah. So what motivates you is that you are you may as well because you're there yeah. anyway. Okay.
1: Yeah, because
4: I'm I'm gonna regret it if I don't. Oh wow. If. I regret not taking pictures of the fireflies. I'll just have to make sure that I'm aware and am looking forward to. Okay, well, what's coming next? You know, the leaves are changing next. Making sure I photograph those in a way that feels sufficient. Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm still just like. I don't. Yes. I mean, thinking about
2: I, photography as like a way to 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 capture something sufficiently.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm usually thinking. I'm usually thinking efficiently. Honestly. But sufficiently, it's so encompassing. Yeah, it's something I don't think I can wrap my head around it, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel very insignificant right now. It's not bad, though. I kind of like it.
4: <laughs> you just to feel sufficient.
2: I do. Yeah. I really, I really freaking do. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so, all right. Uh, it was good talking to you. Uh, thanks for picking up. Thank you. Bye, Hannah. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Since this is the first episode of All Through Lands, we'd like to let you know what to expect from us and from the podcast going forward.
1: One of the things we're planning is a monthly film swap. Once a month, either Eric or I will pick out a film for both of us to shoot. i picked first this time yes. and I decided we're going to be shooting ultra fine extreme in, ultra fine extreme <laughs> yes, in yes. 100 and 400 speed. So, Yeah. Eric, I sent you three rolls of 100 that is amazingly
2: sweet of you. <laughs>
1: three of 400 speed. So, what I would like for you to do is shoot with your Mamiya RB67 because that's what I will be shooting with. Yeah, okay. Um I'll do that. I can do that. Have you have you shot with this film before? I have. Okay. And I love it. It's great. And I think you're gonna like it too. I'm not exactly sure where it comes from.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh,
1: ultrafine is a
2: bit of a mystery. Uh, the scuttlebutt around the office is that it's uh, rebranded Kentmere. I don't know that if that's true. I guess Ilford or Harmon, they don't rebrand their film. They're very strict about that. But the developing times seem to be Pretty identical to the Kentmere stuff. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Whatever it is, it's cheap. And the packaging is... No, it goes along with the cheapness. The packaging is possibly the shittiest packaging I have ever seen. It's pretty bad. Ultrafine, if you're listening, which I don't know why you would be, but if you are, I will design your packaging for you for free. For free. <laughs> you don't even have to credit for me. Just just, just slide into my DMs and I will do this for you for free. Free for free. So, oh yeah, I'm I'm a I'm gonna shoot this uh, in my mamiya.
1: Yeah, I also we're also gonna be doing camera exchanges too, and I will be sending you my moon camera, and yeah. I would like for you to shoot with that as well.
2: See, I'm I'm a little nervous uh, <laughs> shooting with a moon camera. Am I right? This is the camera that was used on the moon, like yeah. <laughs> like the moon, yeah, right, like the one that Neil Armstrong and and Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. Took to the moon.
1: Can you believe it? I got it off of Craigslist for such a good deal. You think it would be in a museum. But I'm I guess not. I guess not. And that's that's cool, you know? The camera that we're talking about is the Hasselblad 500EL. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's the one with the the awkward body.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's pretty wonky. It has a, you know, very high-tech battery, so
2: Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't really shot um, Huzzleblods very much i've never uh never i mean i guess i've seen them around um i don't know much about them i think i think they're kind of like the they're like a, one of those weird russian cameras right uh close but not we'll quite. see i'm sure it's it's something like a kiev <laughs> or a, a zorky i think it's probably a lot like a zorky
1: <laughs> probably yeah yeah okay. possibly possibly <laughs>
2: Uh and yeah, I'm taking part in the camera exchange as well. I will be sending her a camera that's that's probably even more historically important than this moon camera. This was the camera. It's an Xacta Varex VX. Uh it was a camera used by Jimmy Stewart.
4: Watch out for snakes.
2: <laughs> what the f was that? What the- <laughs> oh, shit. Uh <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, Well, that, you know, that, that reminds me actually, that reminds me that, uh, I made a mistake in the very incredibly short promo that we did. I said that the camera that Jimmy Stewart used in the movie Vertigo was an Xacta VX. And it's not because there is no camera in Vertigo. (laughs) It was actually rear window. He used an Xacta Varex VX from 1953 or something like that. In in Vertigo, and sorry in see, I'm doing this. It's in my brain. There's no camera in Vertigo. It's Rear Window. Uh, if you haven't seen Rear Window, I can't I can't recommend it enough. And in fact, I'm I think we're gonna give them a little bit of an opportunity to maybe watch
1: Rear Window. Yeah, ab- absolutely. We're gonna do movie night. So every month or so, we will devote a bit of the show to a movie that features photography. These won't be
2: documentaries like Finding Vivian Mayer, Pictures from a Worthy Life, or Cindy Sherman's Nobody's Here But Me, as wonderful as they all are. Uh, we'll watch and talk about movies like Memento, Pecker, Rear Window, and uh, Picture Snatcher, that 1930s James Cagney movie where he sneaks into an execution to photograph it and then runs the picture in the newspaper the next day.
1: And speaking of the news, when there is news to cover, we'll probably talk about it. Stuff like new Kickstarter projects or if Kodak ever releases P3200 in 120. Yeah, the news the news this week is a, is a little bit more dour than we like,
2: but there have been a few deaths recently in our community. You, of course, have, have heard of the passing of Robert Frank. Uh, there's also, however, Charlie Cole. He was one of the Tankman Tannerman Square photographers, and also Neil Montanus who was a Kodak Colorama photographer. So let's, uh, let's pour out a little developer for our fallen comrades and, and remember these guys.
1: And that brings us to our next segment. Maybe my favorite advice from stuffy dead white guys. Yeah, see, in the early days of photography,
2: the community was, was rife with like, just weird-ass advice and, and revelations. So let's dust off the old books and, and, and see what we've got.
1: On this episode, we'll take you to the year 1853, when photography was about 30 years old. That was when the Yantucket massacre was perpetrated against the Talawa near Crescent City, California. Yeah, it was the year that that P.T. Barnum
2: hired Madame Clofulia to become the original bearded lady, and the Gadsden purchase gave the United
1: States Southern Arizona. Hey, Yuma! That was also the year that two early photographers wrote a book of questions and answers. Most are either practical or timely, but one stuck out. Are photographs true likenesses of the images they capture?
2: Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Photographic Advice from Stuffy dead White Guards. In tonight's episode, we read an excerpt from the tome, A Few Plain Answers to Common Questions Regarding Photography by Ross and Thompson, Photographers to Her Majesty. Are photographs true likenesses of the images they capture? To which they answer, yes. Truth is stamped upon them all, yet some of them show how disagreeable truth may, in some cases, be made to appear. The various tyro in painting ever tried his prentice hand upon the human face divine probably never produced greater monstrosities than have occasionally been perpetrated by this art. While on the other hand, it has produced gems as sweet as Raphael ever painted. No ideal Madonna and child can surpass a really good daguerreotype of a young mother and her baby. In short, the good are very good, while the bad Oh, very bad. In conclusion, Ross and Thompson were clearly saying, please, stop photographing uggos. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) What an interesting fellow. Yeah. Yeah, he he sounds a little familiar, but I can't place him. Yeah, I know. I feel like I recognize his voice. I just... No, no. Uh, But hey, I'm glad for the, uh, the input. So you want to talk about some zines for a little bit? Let's talk about some zines. Now you've got, you've got a zine of your own, don't you?
1: I do. Yes, it's uh, issue number two of Pure Sand and Water. So basically, it's a collection of photographs that I've taken uh, last fall and winter. Uh, usually, when we get more swells, I instead of surfing, I'll, I'll swim out. It's more interesting when the waves are bigger. I like it. The winters here are pretty mild, so I don't really even have to wear a thicker wetsuit or anything, which is really nice. Uh, in the zine, I mostly shot with a uh, Nikonos 5 and my Nikonos 3. Uh, I did incorporate some medium format images. Um, I put some images from Shaper's Alley. It's very well-known, very historic place, actually, in Hermosa Beach, where a ton of people started making surfboards, like, way back in the 60s. Um, I also shot at the Hot Dogger Champion, which is a throwback to a 60s-style longboard competition they have every year. <laughs> yeah, I, but
2: I don't know much about surfing, but I do vaguely remember hearing the, the, the Hot Dogger before. Why? Yeah. Why would I have heard about this?
1: You know, maybe something you might have to wait till... Episode number two. Um, You can also... I still have copies left. um, Not as much as I used to, but definitely enough. And, you know, I sell them on Etsy. And you can find it in my link in bio. Eric, you just came out with a new zine. I
2: did. Yeah, I come out with a lot of zines. Yes, you do. That's something that I do. Uh, (laughs) This is the sixth issue of Conspiracy of Cartographers. Uh, It features stuff that I shot in... Mostly July, but also August. It's all black and white. It's uh, cheap. Uh, also, I think we both do trades,
1: right? Yes. Yes, yeah. you trade,
2: I trade. Uh, so if you've got a zine and you don't want to buy ours... <laughs>
1: <laughs> trade okay. us! Trade us! We'd
2: rather have the zine than your money, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, we're talking about our zines now because it's the first episode. Yes. But in subsequent episodes... Uh, we would like to review some zines, wouldn't yes. we? Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. I I definitely think that to review a zine, it has to be available. You know, we yeah. we want to get it, your photography out there. Make sure people have access to it. So, yeah. send us your zines. Yeah, if you if you've, if you've just printed
2: like enough copies to cover your pre order, there there's no reason to review your zine. No, <laughs> it's just it. I mean, make more, make more, and it's nothing against you know if you want to do that. It's your bag, man. Whatever you want to do. But, you know, print more than you than you can immediately sell. Yeah. You're not going to lose your ass on it.
1: No, absolutely. I, I definitely made that mistake my first scene. The first original one, I only did 50 copies. And then I stated that I wasn't going to reprint them, which I completely regret because I sold out so fast. And still, I get people asking me, hey, like, you got any more? And I would love to print more, but I feel like an asshole <laughs> because i <laughs> said i wouldn't print anymore so well, sorry we
2: certainly don't want you to feel like an asshole vanya so please do not print anymore i
1: will not Zina. but yes i will definitely always print 100 plus copies from now on yeah
2: it's always good to have backstop i'll always have backstop i've yeah. got a closet full of backstock and yeah i mean it's taking up space but so hey if you've got zines Send one to us. We will trade you. And so get in contact with us, uh, either email or uh, on Instagram, and we can arrange all of that stuff. Vanya.
1: Yes. What are you doing uh, the next couple of weeks with photography? Well, I have a few things lined up. I was invited, actually, to go camping in Sequoia with a friend of mine. Uh, Oh, yeah. So that will be nice. This is actually more the southern part of Sequoia so not like the Kings Canyon area but also um, kind of like closer towards General Sherman area you know okay. all that stuff so i will definitely be bringing my my actually because i have two moon cameras <laughs> low <laughs> <Why> key <not? laughs> I got both of them. I know, I do. That's pretty sweet. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. this one's pieced together, uh, piece by piece. I've been kind of from (laughs) from various Apollo cameras, (laughs) exactly. I got eight and all all different ones. So yeah, so that and then you know just really continuing to get myself back in the water. Um, I've been really trying to focus on paddling out with a camera with strapped on my back, so surfing and then shooting in between. I really just like sitting on my board and getting those shots it kind of has a different kind of visual feel yeah uh more of like oh yeah like i'm watching my friend get away right now and uh, it's it's a lot of fun Uh, can you shoot while surfing um a little bit it's really difficult um with the nikon action touch i can because it's basically like an automatic camera that you know
2: yeah, I mean, it says it right there in the name.
1: Exactly. Touch. I literally just have to touch it. Um, with the Nikonos, not so much. That's a, you know a little bit more technical as far as like you know distance and things like that. So I'll get there. That's kind of what I'm working on right now. What are you doing?
2: Oh God. Um, you know, I do hope to get out at least once, maybe twice before the the passes are covered in snow. If I can, I will do it. I will shoot the ultra fine as much as possible. If I can't, I will shoot that around Seattle. I really dislike shooting where I live. So maybe that will inspire me. Uh, mostly, though, I will be developing. Uh, I've been planning to do it to do it last weekend. I plan to do it this weekend. But both of those weekends were roller derby weekends. And that just hasn't happened.
1: Question. What? How many rolls exactly are you needing to develop of color?
2: I don't know. I've lost track. It is, I think... Nine tanks that
1: I've loaded up. Uh,
2: And then, of course, there's all that that Nez Pierce stuff, which we will talk about that at some point. That's a story that needs to be told and retold as many times as it possibly can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That
2: will be coming up in a future episode. Um, And speaking of future episodes, the question that we're going to be asking listeners, actually the last question that we asked Hannah. Yes. And that actually kind of goes into what I was saying, how I, I don't shoot really much in the winter. and. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe I would like it. Maybe I'd like to get out in the horrible gray soup that is Seattle winter and for some reason take pictures. I can't imagine why I'd want to do that. But let's say I need motivation. <laughs> I guess
1: I do. Ooh, I think I have an idea for a camera swap. Maybe I can send you a Nikon. or oh,
2: something. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's, it's one of those uh, Russian cameras, isn't
0: it? <laughs> exactly. <Okay.
2: laughs> so uh, the last the last question we asked Hannah was what motivates you to keep shooting throughout the year? And so... Dear listeners, call in.
1: Call in. um, And by call in, we actually mean go to our Instagram and DM us some video. No,
2: please do not send us video. We do not want your video. Nope. Whatever you're doing, we do not want to
1: see it. (laughs) And what we mean by call in, we actually mean go to our Instagram, DM us some audio with your name and answer the question for us if you can. That would be great. Okay, that about does it for the first episode. We made it, Eric. Yay! (laughs)
2: Good. Okay, the music you're hearing behind us right now is from the last regiment of syncopated drummers. They're based out of Portland, Oregon, and they're one of the few remaining active syncopated drum corps. Uh, They somewhat recently put out a record called Tsunami, which gets a a ton of spins around my place. It's on Red Vinyl. Definitely pick it up. Uh, It's on their website that's going to be in the show notes as well uh they're on a mission to get to the 2020 new york halloween parade the new york halloween parade is an amazing thing i regret never going lou reed made a song about it that's how new york it is you need to get there but more importantly you need to get them there so if you can maybe throw a little bit of money their way on their uh via venmo their venmo is at last regiment the link will be in the show notes if you need any more help with that
1: Yeah, so if you want to contact us for any reason, you can contact us through email allthroughalens.podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, podcast. See you in a couple weeks. Okay, you want to go shoot? Fuck yeah, I do. Let's go. (laughs) Bye, bitches.